Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Monday, May 17th. I'm Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees took two out of three from Baltimore, missed a chance to sweep. They're 4-2 on this road trip. They got blasted pretty good by the Orioles after taking a big lead, so a very disappointing loss. The, um, you know, the Yankees are only 6-4 and four against Baltimore, and the Orioles aren't you know, historically bad like they have been a couple of years earlier, but they're still a team that you expect the Yankees to beat, so losing any of these games was really tough. They've lost, of the four losses they've had to the Orioles, two of them are extra innings losses, and we know how you know, infuriating those have been because of the rules. And then there's yesterday in which the Yankees had a 4 nothing lead and a 5-2 lead and weren't able to close it out. We'll get to Jordan Montgomery and the pitchers in just a moment. But if you look at what the Yankees' stars have done, well, you have a couple of stars that are doing exactly what you expected of them. Aaron Judge homered for the third straight game on Sunday. He had himself a fabulous week. And this was after a pretty bad homestand, if you remember. It included an 0-for-16 stretch with a bunch of strikeouts. And, um, you know, and it's really a shame to waste those because those are home games in which Aaron Judge really plays well. I mean, Aaron Judge hits at Yankee Stadium the way you think Colorado Rockies players hit at Coors Field. That's how drastic and uh, his career home road splits have been. So when he wastes an entire week at home with a big O for a bunch of strikeouts it re- and, and heads out on a 10-game road trip, it's a little deflating. But he started out the road trip very well. He's actually hit tremendous over the last eight games. He's batting over 500. He's hit five homers, four of them against the Orioles there. He's played very well against the Orioles, which has boosted his overall numbers, as you might expect. But you're now a quarter of the way through the season and at 40 games, roughly a quarter of the way, uh, 22 and 18. This is what Aaron Judge is doing at the quarter pole. He's hitting 298. He's hitting, tw- he's at 12 home runs, driven in 24 runs. His OPS is over 1,000. His OPS plus, which is measured against league, league average, is 185, which is the highest of his career. So he's um, in, in an. Uh, in an offensive era right now that, you know, the offenses are being depressed, there are still certain hitters that are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, Mike Trout is doing what he's supposed to do. Aaron Judge is doing what he's supposed to do. And, you know, we were wringing our hands over him sitting out a couple of games here and there. Well, you're at the 40-game mark, and he's played 37 of them. Some of them are pinch hit appearances where he hasn't started the game, but he's come in. Uh, so he's appeared in 37 out of 40 games. This is a pace to play 140 games. If Aaron Judge is going to hit like this, 
I'm kind of okay with him sitting out a day because, you know, you're trying to ward off a major injury because his legs are a bit sore or because it's about days on turf. If he's going to perform like this after he comes back, you should have no issues because it's about avoiding the long-term injured list stint. What you're trying to do is avoid him pulling a muscle that's going to keep him out for six or eight weeks. If he has to miss two games, comes back, and has a road trip that he's having right now and is going to hit at an MVP-level pace, which he's doing right now, you know, you're fine sitting him a day here and there and having him play 140-plus games. Guess the pace he's on right now. Aaron Judge at this moment is hitting an MVP-caliber pace. Now, we can argue, and there'll be plenty of time to figure out if he's actually going to be the MVP. That stuff doesn't get decided this early in the season. But if you look at the raw numbers right now, he's, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's staying on the field, he's healthy, and he's playing at a star level. It's exactly what you want. You don't want him nagging through injuries and dragging down his performance and just staying on the field just to be there as opposed to playing at this high level. The, the goal to keep Aaron Judge on the field is twofold. Keep him on the field and keep him playing at a high level. Not have him play through some nagging leg injury at half the player he's supposed to be. So Aaron Judge is playing off the charts good right now. And listen, it's been, it's been inflated by a really good week, but it was also deflated by an 0 for 16 stretch. So somewhere in the middle there, after 40 games... Aaron Judge is playing an MVP level, and that deserves some recognition here, especially because there aren't very many good offensive performers for you right now. Giancarlo Stanton has played at a very high level, and he had a big hot streak in there as well. Dealing with a quad issue, again, same thing with, same principle applies with Stanton. Keep him on the field playing at a high level, not trying to drag him through these injuries. And while the Yankees are dealing with some things between Glaber Torres' COVID uh, situation and Aaron Hicks's wrist injury, we'll get to that. Um, you need to make sure that Stanton and Judge are healthy because they've been hitting at a very good level. DJ LeMahieu hasn't taken off yet, uh, but he's you know he's showing little signs here and there, and I, everybody just kind of seems to believe that there is one of those big DJ LeMahieu hot streaks showing up there, uh, and the power will kick in at some point too. It hasn't yet, except for a short spurt here and there. But if you look at the week that Aaron Judge has had. He's played at an MVP level. And the Yankees open a series at Texas. Garrett Cole is on the mound. Garrett Cole is pitching at a Cy Young level. He is, again, also off the charts good for the New York Yankees after eight starts this year. And if you add in what he's what he did last year in 12 starts, you know you have no arguments with Garrett Cole's provided as a New York Yankee. So far this year, 5-1, 1.37. Again, you're roughly the quarter pole, so you're talking about a... 20 win season, his strikeouts to walks are insane, right? 78 strikeouts, three walks. Again, probably not keeping up that pace, but multiply all that by four, you're talking about a pretty phenomenal season. For the Yankees so far, he's made 20 starts. He's 12 and four with a 2.22 earned run average. That's regular season last year and this year. Uh, it's a phenomenal start for Garrett Cole. He's really in his prime. He's elevating his game. He's in one of those, just like a hitter gets in the zone, Garrett Cole is in one of those right now. Uh, it might not last um, a very long period of time. You might have a couple of clunkers thrown in there and have to readjust. But Garrett Cole at this stage, quarter pole, Cy Young candidate, right? So now you have an MVP candidate and a Cy Young candidate. 
and not even fringy borderline. They're pl- they're putting up numbers right now that are absolutely worthy of consideration for those awards, Judge and Cole. You have those types of performances, you cannot waste them if the if you're the New York Yankees. So Obviously, that means being better than four games over 500 and still not in first place. That's where the Yankees find themselves right now. They'll tackle Boston later. A lot of games still to come, and the first one isn't for another couple of weeks. So those will be some interesting and intense games, especially as capacity at the ballparks starts to increase. You're going to feel maybe a little more sense of normalcy here as the Yankees and Red Sox battle later on in the summer. But you've got to take advantage of who the Yankees are right now. And who they are right now is a team that has two of the best players in the sport playing at their highest levels, playing at award-winning caliber players. You can't waste opportunities like this. And as the rest of the roster struggles, you're going to have to make some hard decisions here. And I still don't know if the trade deadline, the trade market rather, is going to move earlier than the deadline. Uh, because there's too many, one big factor here is there's too many teams kind of still in this race. And that's, you know, that's what the mediocrity of the entire league has kind of brought on. Some people call it parity. I prefer to call it mediocrity. There is not a great team. There are not a lot of bad teams. You need bad teams in order to make trades happen because those teams are not giving up 40 games into the season if they're not that far out of the race. So the next 20 or 30 games will probably be pretty important here as you try to see who can separate and see if there are teams that fall out far enough that they're willing to start talking about moving pieces that could help the Yankees' big league team. What are their needs right now? Well, if they are still dealing with an Aaron Hicks injury and decreased production from Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner, outfield is absolutely an area where they're going to have to try to upgrade. Team defense has been bad. Uh, part of that's the outfield. Part of that is the infield. Um, I, I still, you know, the the Glaber Torres shortstop issue is still a little fuzzy because you have Luke Voigt back healthy at first base. You have Gio Rochella at third base. DJ LeMay is playing second, so if you want Torres in the lineup, you kind of have have him locked in at shortstop right now. Um, and maybe that now becomes an issue for the offseason when you think about the super free agent class um, because Torres has straightened out a little bit of his defensive issues here. You can tell that there's a greater focus right now. He's worked hard at it. He knows he hasn't played well enough defensively, and you can see the concentration level is up now on the routine plays that have really cost him and cost the Yankees earlier in the season. He's still going to make some errors. That's the nature of the position. But you can tell that he's making better throws and he's a little more focused on the plays he needs to make. And maybe that's good enough right now. You still have time to make that decision and see where the rest of the roster shakes out. But certainly the Yankees have to play better defensively. They might need to think about uh, moves to make there. And the outfield is something that they're going to have to consider, especially as they figure out whether or not Aaron Hicks needs surgery for the torn sheath uh, in his wrist. Um, it's uh, It covers the tendon uh, in the wrist, and the only thing I really know about this is that Mark Teixeira dealt with this. Twice, in fact. Now, I had forgotten the first time because it was nothing, and that's part of the story here. Aaron Hicks is on the injured list, and they're waiting to see if surgery is still an option. In 2013, Mark Teixeira tore the tendon sheath in his wrist during uh, March in the WBC. Uh, he missed the first two months of the season, came back in late May. He played 15 games before aggravating the injury again, 
and eventually needing surgery. He had surgery July 1st, missed the rest of the season. He played a total of 15 games that year in 2013 for the Yankees. Now, uh, that's worst case scenario. I got in touch with Teixeira a few days ago after the news of Hicks came out, and he reminded me that he had also torn the tendon sheath in his other wrist in 2009, and it wasn't nearly as severe. We don't even remember because we remember what year 2009 was, right? Teixeira played 156 games that year. He hit 39 homers, led the league in homers, uh, and was second in the MVP vote to Joe Maurer. Monster season for Mark Teixeira. But he reminded me that in April of that year, he had torn the tendon sheath in his wrist and all he needed was a cortisone shot. A couple of days later, it was better and he worked his way through it and he was fine the rest of the year. Uh, So those are the two extremes that Aaron Hicks is kind of looking at right now as Teixeira laid it out. Teixeira said this could be a couple of weeks or it could be the entire season. You don't really know yet. So uh, that's what I got from Mark Teixeira a few days ago. We're going to kind of wait to see how it plays out with Aaron Hicks. He got off to a dreadful start, just like a lot of other people. He started to slowly swing the bat a little bit better. uh, And now this is a pretty big setback here uh, as he hits the IL with this wrist injury. And we'll see, you know, if he gets going here, and then how long it takes him to get going again um, after kind of the rough start he had to this season. So the Yankees have some outfield issues they have to address, and you're going to have to wait to see who shakes loose from other teams, because it's not really spare parts anymore. I mean, if if Clint Frazier can't start to hit, if Brett Gardner can't start to hit, uh, and Aaron Hicks is down for a long time, you're not looking at fill-in-the-pieces type of outfielders. You need a star player, not maybe necessarily a superstar player, but you need you need a, an everyday outfielder, a good everyday outfielder to take those reps and jump in this lineup because you have a championship-caliber team when you're playing with MVP-level Aaron Judge and Cy Young-level Garrett Cole. You can't let these opportunities get away and just try fill-in pieces. This might be what has to push the Yankees over the luxury tax threshold as they're looking to make moves to the deadline. The injuries here have affected them enough or could have affected them enough to where they have to push past the payroll limit. And that's the decision they're going to have to make if they deem themselves uh, worthy of doing this. And if they're still playing at this level, got off to a bad start, but since going 5-10, and 10, they went 17-7 and seven and then lost the game yesterday, uh, which puts them at 22-18. and 18. They're still playing well enough. They're playing better. They're not playing great, but they're playing better, and they're putting wins on the board, which at this point is pretty significant. So if you look now at the pitching staff, what do the Yankees need? Well, they probably need a legitimate 2-3 type starter right behind Garrett Cole. Corey Kluber's starting to pitch like that. And there's enough of a track record with what Corey Kluber was that you know his durability here will play. Um, and you know I made a big play about a month ago about durability over dominance, especially for a guy like Kluber. I'd rather see him just uh, be durable and make his starts if he's not necessarily dominant. He's starting to become dominant too. He's starting to really figure this part out. So I kind of am starting to have faith in Corey Kluber as legit number two behind Garrett Cole as you move towards playoff time. But you kind of need a couple of those guys, right? If you're gonna, if you're really going to build a playoff rotation, which the Yankees haven't been able to do for a while. So who's it going to be? Jamison Tyone is still taking a little bit of time. And probably, you know, uh, we should probably have taken that more into consideration when you consider all the time he's missed, everything he's done trying to rebuild his delivery, come back from Tommy John. Jamison Tyone um, might be really good, but maybe not in April, May, or June, right? This might take a little bit longer for him because of everything he's had to deal with coming back 
uh, from his second Tommy John. So where do you get an, a legitimate number two to number three type guy? The Yankees have one. And now there's more importance and a little more focus put on Luis Severino's return from his Tommy John surgery. Now that's a lot of pressure, but the Yankees are are hoping that Severino delivers here when he comes back and can show probably not his same old self for long periods of time, meaning, you know, like eight dominant innings every time out, but you're going to probably want to watch his innings when he comes back uh, as he returns from Tommy John, but you're going to want a dominant pitcher back. And you can get a dominant pitcher back. You just kind of have to control that workload a little bit more rather than turning him loose. Luis Severino is starting to throw to hitters. He's It's probably still too early to tell exactly when he's going to be back. But another month from now, you should get a little clearer picture to see if he is maybe close to rehab games. Or, you know, he's really just starting to throw at hitters. And you want to make sure he's strong enough to pitch through August, September, and October, right? So bringing him back in June doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense if he's just starting to throw to hitters now. Is July possible? Maybe. I think we have to see a little bit more of how this road goes over the course of the next two, three, four weeks to see where you can put Severino. But it's also not going to be a smooth, possibly might not be a very smooth recovery. It isn't for everybody. Jordan Montgomery reminded us uh, that after his Tommy John, he had a little bit of a setback. And it doesn't always feel good. So it takes some people longer. Um, And don't be fooled by every positive report because all it takes is one day to maybe not feel as good and you got to take a little bit of a step back. So a little cautious with Severino, but this could be the guy that steps into that real big, you know, number two role alongside Corey Kluber behind Garrett Cole. He has the equipment to do it, and you know that, and you know how exciting he can be on the mound when he's at his best. The key is going to be to figure out how to slowly get him back up there, but get him back in enough time to get you know to make sure he has an impact on this season and get him ready for postseason but you kind of have to get there first right everybody else has to kind of pull their weight here and move it forward at 22 and 18 uh you still have a lot of work to do there Luis Severino could really be a very very big key and it's time to start getting excited about his return but you still have to temper it a little bit because you don't know exactly when that's going to be and you have to be prepared for a little bit of a setback here and there. Severino could really be a difference maker for the Yankees. So if you're looking on the trade market, you're looking for maybe outfield help, uh, depending on the way the rest of this outfield situation goes, and you're waiting for Severino to come back, that could really be a big boost here. Add that to a bullpen that's already performing very well. We'll get Zach Britton back in a couple of weeks. Maybe some of these hitters start to come around, because remember, you're still dealing with, you know, uh, Luke Voigt and T.J. LeMahieu looking to get them moving you know, in the right direction again and performing the way you know they're capable of. And despite all the other bats that are cold, if you get Judge, Stanton, LeMahieu, Voigt all hitting pretty well and Glaber Torres back after the COVID issue and get him rolling, now you've got a pretty significant lineup and you can deal with, you know, the catchers are hitting the ball out of the ballpark every once in a while, but they're not giving you much else. You need the other guys to step up a little bit. Urshela is Urshela. Wow. Um, how do you, how do you leave him out of this, right? He is, he's just a phenomenal player. The Yankees got very lucky that he developed into this on their watch and he is who he is right now. There are enough pieces here, but obviously a lot of guys have to pick it up 
and you ha- you can't waste this opportunity. You've got to go out and make some moves that will put you over the top um, if if that's what you believe has to happen here because the Yankees do have some people who are playing well enough, and I, I'll put Chapman into this mix too, right? Think about the levels that Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, and Aroldis Chapman are playing right now. Judge at MVP level, Cole at Cy Young level, and Chapman like unhittable closer level. Not every team has this, right? Middle of the pack teams don't have that combination. Last place teams do not have that combination. First place teams have that combination. The Yankees are not yet a first place team. Championship contending teams have that combination. That's what the Yankees have to be. They have to start playing like it a little more consistently, and they have lately. They've played better, but their offense isn't firing on all cylinders yet, and they just need to get all that going. So the big, again, the big key here is you are looking at really, really good starts for Judge, Cole, Chapman, and a couple others. You cannot waste that. They need to continue. They need to stay healthy. You have to do what you can to make sure, in Judge's case, that he stays that way. So be okay with him taking a few days off here and there. Get some of these other guys back. Let's get, uh, you know, wait for Glaber to come back and see if he can start hitting again. And keep your eye on Luis Severino. He could be a real difference maker. And if all of this falls in line, don't be afraid to make a big move in June or July for a trade that can help you with the situation you're dealing with, with outfielders or whatever else. And don't be afraid of that luxury tax threshold. Opportunities like this don't come along a lot because you have players who are playing at award-winning level seasons right now. You cannot waste that. want to remind you to come back here and subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. You'll get Ed Coleman's Mets Reports and my Yankees reports delivered to you a couple times every week. And uh, also check out the 30 with Murdy archive at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and, uh, and check out those conversations. You can subscribe there and, uh, and get some fun chats uh, as well. want to thank you all for listening. And until next time, I'm Sweeney Murdy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.